Hey there, everybody. How you doing today? It's Pastor Chip. Oh, thank you for tuning in again. Especially want to say thank you to uh, Pastor John Nadim. He's a servant of God pastor in Pakistan. He's been listening to the podcast. I want to reach out and say thank you to him and his congregation over there in Pakistan. And we pray for them and that God's word will be spread throughout their territory. And um, today... Well, last week I talked about a mustard seed and faith and uh, I-94 and turning the other cheek and a few of the topics. And today we're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven. What is the kingdom of heaven? You know, uh, I love that movie, The Kingdom of Heaven. It's a great movie. I advise everybody to watch it. You know, Orlando Bloom's in it and he talks about God, it's his kingdom of heaven, and he will do with it as he wills. And we are only the little poems in life that hopefully we make a big difference. And uh, today I'm going to start off reading. I'm just going to read, because I'm going to have to paraphrase the story, but it gets the point across here. It says, starting in Matthew 20, Jesus is talking and he says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarii a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. And again, he went out about the sixth hour and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle. And he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they received the denarii. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarii. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarii? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things, or is is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first will be last. For many are called, but few are chosen." So that great parable, Jesus is talking to a lot of people who are laborers and to people who own uh, vineyards and agriculture, fig, fig, uh, uh, what do you call them, gardens and trees, you know, they, it's an agrarian society over there at the time. So let's put it in our perspective. If I have a business 
a big uh, vineyard like we have up here in the mountains or or a Christmas tree where we live. We have nothing but Christmas tree farms. So if I start out in the morning and tell a bunch of guys, you know, I'll pay you $50 to work in my in my Christmas tree farm today. And I hire, you know, five guys in the morning at some cafe in town, and they come out here, and they start working. And then at lunchtime, I go out, and I tell, you know, five or ten more, $50 to work in my Christmas tree farm, and they keep going. And then I go and get, you know, four or five o'clock, I find, you know, five, five more, and I pay them $50. And then at the end of the day, when everybody wants to collect their money, they all each receive $50. What what difference does it make? But you see, the ones that worked early in the morning would think that they would get more, but they agreed to the day for $50. But you see, the vineyard, the tree owner and the vineyard owner in, in this story, he still coming out good because he's getting more work done, more product harvested, right? Which means more money. But the point Jesus is trying to make, if we labor in our lives, if we work all our lives as Christians, and the time comes and we die and go to heaven, Are we going to get into heaven? Are we going to get the same benefit? Yes. What about the guy that has partied his whole life and run around and caroused and drank and or robbed and steal and cheating to fraud people and he goes to a revival on a on a weeknight somewhere and he gets saved. Does he get the same amount of heaven and eternity and heavenly reward as the guy who maybe started off six or ten years old and got saved at church? Yes. What about the guy who's a serial killer? Spends his remaining years getting caught and, and in prison? And thankfully, because we have great people that endure a prison ministry, they go and witness to this guy. Does he get to be saved on the 11th hour? Is Does God forgive his sins? Yes, God forgives sin. It doesn't mean that we're not held accountable. There'll be judgment in heaven when we get there. But he gets to go to heaven instead of hell. And, you know, we are a greedy bunch of people. And there are people that they have trouble accepting this type of theology. You know, why should I be, why should I live a good life and Miss out on all the fun here. I'm still going to go to heaven like so-and-so. Well, that's not really the case. 
if you are a truly repentant believing Christian, you're going to you're going to not want to defraud people. You're not going to want to be ugly and mean and hurt people. You will strive to do the best that you can and be a better person. And that's why Paul says that we will be known by our fruit. We'll be known by our deeds, by our actions. You see, if I say I'm a Christian, but I go around cussing people out all the time and beating people up because they're not my political affiliation, cutting tires on cars, is that... Is that... Indicative of a Christian? I mean, what kind of example are we setting? But there are people who believe in predestination. They believe that there's certain religions that believe in predestination. And they believe that it doesn't matter what they do, they're going to go to heaven. And it doesn't matter what some people do, they're going to go to hell. But if that's the point, if you believe in predestination and everything's going to happen, then why do we have free will? And what good does it do to send missionaries into the field and to do good things, to read our Bible and pray and work on our relationship with Christ and be good people? If there's predestination, what difference does it make? And you say, well, it's because... You don't know if you're the one or not that's predestined, so you need to be doing a good thing. Well, you're right. I don't know if I'm the one that's going to be predestined to go to heaven. So I may be predestined to go to hell. So if I'm going to hell, why don't I want to live it up and enjoy things on this earth? Because I'm going to pay for it anyway. So your flip side works just as well as the other. Side A of the record sounds just as good as side B. So, what are we doing? What are we doing in this world to make a difference? If you see the guy who's living a life of corruption and you got a chance to talk to him and maybe you go over there every week and help him out at his house and sit and smoke a cigar with him, hang out. And he gets saved at the 11th hour. Is that a bad thing? Not at all. You know, it's when the angels in heaven are rejoicing when when he gets saved. You know. Where was it I saw. I was flipping through pages. Here it is. It says. What do you think. If a man has a hundred sheep. And one of them goes astray. Does he not leave the ninety nine. And go to the mountains. And seek the one that is straying. And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. 
It's the same with the people that are lost here on earth. It's not God's choice that everyone goes to hell. He wants as many as are willing and able to believe in Jesus and to come to the to the big banquet in heaven and hang out for eternity with him. But you see, we have free will. Predestination is not there. It's predestined that God will triumph over evil. But if God had predestined who was going to choose him and who wasn't, then why did he send his son to die on a cross for our sins? You see, the predestination theory is full of holes. But you know, I'm not saying that God's not involved in our lives and he doesn't know the things that happen and sees the things that we do. But it's up to us to choose to do good or to do bad with the choices that we make. You know, we can witness the people. We can witness our whole life. All of our Christian world. You know, I had breakfast with my brother Keith this morning and we talked about talked about that and life and and you know I ran from God most of my life. But I was a Christian when I was a kid and I was truly truly a Christian. But when I graduated from high school I ran like the wind and I did things that I shouldn't have done and I knew I was doing wrong. But it sure was fun. But I look back now at all the things that happened in my life and the paths that I took and the steps. You know, you couldn't have had a better playbook, you know, if you wrote it yourself. But God was training me and preparing me and equipping me to do what I do now. If I'd have went, well, I did go to college right out of high school, and I didn't last very long. But if I'd have stuck with it, I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have gotten the worldly exposure and the worldly education that I got by running off and joining the Army and traveling to Europe. I never, ever would have been able to go to Germany on my own dime were it not for Uncle Sam. And the people I met and the things I saw and I did, I wouldn't have been able to do if I'd have been back here doing something else. I got one of the best worldly educations you could ever get. I was getting life experiences that kids today just don't even understand or know about or comprehend. I was getting battered and abused and divorced and beat up and prepared for a time when I could help others. And you see, it was all it was not all for naught. It was all for training. 
so that I can talk to those young people or people that are hurt, that have gone through life and suffered setback after setback, but at, but at the 11th hour, they show up knocking on God's doorstep saying, Lord, please forgive me. I'm, I don't know where I am. I'm at the bottom of the barrel. I can't see the light of day. Reach your hand in the here and pull me out. And that's when God puts people like us in people's path. We're the light that some people see before the top closes in on them. That's why you should reach your hand out. (coughs) Excuse me. Be a witness. Be a light to people in the darkness. You know, God trains us and sends us. He equips us and He sends us out. He doesn't say, okay, go sit on the bench. I'm out here playing all by myself in the game of life, and y'all go sit on the bench and... When I'm done, we'll all go back to the locker room. No. He trains us. He equips us. And he puts us all in the game. Everybody has a place that they can play, a position in the world that they can play and be handy. Me? I deal in the suicide field. I got some of the best training that I wish I'd never gotten. But, thank goodness I'm on the right team and I got a great coach and he keeps patting me on the back. So don't give up. Don't give up on people. And if you're in a low spot, don't give up yourself. Started this podcast because my friend said do it. She told me I needed to do it. And now, not even a year later, I've got 18 countries listening to my podcast. The message of love and forgiveness that God puts on my heart is all over the world. If you're in within reach of a Bible. His word is forever near you. He has not forgotten us. He's not abandoned us. All he asks is that we believe, repent, and our sins are forgiven. Don't let somebody's salvation slip through your fingers. If you've got a chance to share the love of Christ, share your story to somebody. I know somebody's out there that needs to hear it. And this is Pastor Chip. God bless. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you all have a great day.